Derek, you've joined. You've joined the Anchor app. Hi, on. Derek, Derek, welcome to Calgary Business Podcast. Thank you. Uh, I'm your ho- I'm your host, Alan Wozni, and you know, Derek, we're on to number episode number one hundred and forty-three. Wow! And so you're, I'm going to get this right, Derek Manns with an S at the end. That's correct. And your business is Stagehand. No S right. on that. Right. Okay. Well, Stagehand. Derek, Derek because look, I, I, for, for some reason, I was thinking Stagehands as in plural, but you're the Stagehand, one guy. Is that? Right. There's multiple people. I'm, I'm working with a few other folks, but yeah, the business yeah. is just, just called Stagehand Singular. So look, just introduce yourself and, and what got you started with Stagehand. I think I'd, I'd like to know. Sure. Sure. So yeah, um, uh, this is actually kind of a second career for me. Uh, interestingly, my wife and I are both engineers, um, yeah. but uh, as as fate would have it, we've got three daughters that are artists and specifically dancers. Um, right. I've got my oldest is uh, is living in New York right now, which is interesting for a whole bunch of reasons uh, in the middle sure. of the pandemic. But uh, yeah. she's she's also going through the very challenging process of trying to figure out how to make a living as an artist. And um, so I spent most of my career in information technology and uh, working for multiple different companies. Last company right. I was working with, uh, we were acquired in 2015, and so I left and joined and or started uh, Stagehand in, in uh, 2016, and uh, and sort of we've been we've been at that ever since. So it uh, it it really kind of came out of my experience with my daughters and watching them as they grew up. They were all very talented, very good at what they did, yeah. and they had some incredible opportunities to work with some really really talented artists in in Calgary and and throughout North America. And it just, this was always just sort of chewing away in the back of my mind that it was just really kind of unfortunate that there wasn't more opportunities for these up and coming artists to figure out how do I make a living doing something that yeah. I'm very good at and something that I yeah. love. And, uh, and so that just chewed away at me for, for years and years. That's and incredible. Say, so you really saw, you saw a business opportunity based on, that lifestyle of the, the girls, and because I have three girls, so kind okay. of share that a little bit. But the <laughs> grow as they grew up, and you're like, wow, you you came up with a business plan, proposition or an idea from that. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it it starts out as an idea, and frankly, we've we've evolved it um, over the past few years, and and uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it really kind of started with the the I guess seeing the depth of talent, seeing the amount of um, yeah. Uh, you know, talented artists that are out there and, and available in every single community and, and trying to figure out what, you know, what if, like what, how could more, how could there be more opportunities for these artists? Um, because I think anybody that's gone down to, you know, the Ironwood or the blues can on a Friday night and, and seen um, some of the artists perform, you like, yeah. you know, the, the reaction that I typically have from, if I'll bring, people down that maybe aren't used to seeing a lot of live music it's like gosh what you know why don't we do this more often this is this is great and uh yeah so it was just sort of trying to figure out how do we how do we leverage that and you know and the big thing like i say i spent most of my career in in business and um it was just trying to figure out like is there some sort of a business application for artists was is there some way that businesses could put uh these artists to work and you know that again that rolled around in my head for the longest time and and sure. uh, and it turns out um 
it, it turns out there is, particularly in today's day and age, because in today's day and age, everything can be copied. Um, it, it, it's, you know, technology is moving so fast yeah. that, um, you know, and, and with money down in Silicon Valley, people can copy business models, they can copy applications. Um, but the one well, they thing do it that, all the time, they do it all the time. Uh, I mean, there was a German company I was reading two, three years ago, and they were literally mimicking the majors and then bringing it to Germany and replicating it. And then they IPO'd or, you know, yeah, or they started the business. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There was, I, it may be the same company I'm thinking of that uh, essentially replicated the Airbnb business model. And um, well, in, in the UK with the express purpose of trying to then sell that back to Airbnb. So uh, <laughs> go out and grab some market share and then let's see if we can sell this back to Airbnb. Well, come on, look at the, look at this Didi Couché in, in China, right? They basically right. copied the Airbnb, not Airbnb, the Uber model. Yeah. Uber tried to come in and this DD basically pushed them out. And Uber said, okay, we'll take a settlement. And, and But yeah, I mean, to your point, it's, it, it, it's so easy in today. You know, if you watch that movie, if you watch the movie Queen, you probably saw Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. And who controlled the narrative, right? He literally, he, it was that guy, it was the, the actor was Mike, I think it was Michael Myers playing that, that, that position of whatever the record company was, oh, right? right. Yes. Yeah. And they, they literally controlled the net and for decades, for years, you know, and now suddenly the internet opens that up. You know, you're, right. you're, what you just said, what I didn't say, but it was thinking, wow, right away. As soon as you said, the internet gives you the opportunity, the power to either copy or do your own thing. Right. And one of my advisors um, was actually the, the VP of customer experience for, for Google for four years. And yeah. he, talks, he talks about how the one thing that cannot be copied is the emotional connection that a customer has with a brand. So, nice. you know, I'm looking at my iPhone right now and, you know, so I've got a connection with, with Apple um, yeah. or, or, you know, maybe it's with Starbucks coffee or, or whatever it might be. You know, yeah. I mean, people can open a coffee shop, but they can't necessarily, uh, they can't steal the connection that a consumer might have with that particular brand. Brilliant. And, 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 and that, uh, you know, so so from an emotional connection standpoint, yeah. I mean, who is better uh, at creating emotional connections and creating human emotion than artists? Than the artists. And so so that that really is the idea that we've been iterating on for the last couple of years is how do we help um, these big, what I would call non-traditional. Uh, you know, right now we're focused very much on the live music space. So how sure. do we help help large non-traditional um, music venues create emotional connections through through music with their customers. So we we started to work with the Calgary Airport about a year and a half ago. And, no, wait, uh, wait, wait. This, okay, I'm going to spoil your thunder here. Is this the guy on BBC? They, 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 he literally was just jamming like in a busker at BB, up at the airport because it was on the radio like three four weeks ago. Is that the same guy? <laughs> uh, well, we've we've got a we had a bunch of artists yeah. that were playing up at the at the okay. airport. So okay. probably about twenty different artists that that wow. did were playing post security. I mean, the Calgary Airport yeah. was hosting more live music than than places like the Austin or or Nashville Airport. Insane. And and I mean, they were doing like last year, Calgary Airport did about sixteen hundred live music performances. Yeah. Um, the the Edmonton Airport did about. 1400 live music performances and we actually had just launched in the new orleans airport about eight weeks ago of course just in time for everything to shut down because Insane. of COVID. 
No, but this is insane. So you literally, you were, that's something you guys initiated at the airport, Calgary and Edmonton airports? Well, they, uh, no, to be fair, the, the Edmonton airport in particular, they had had a live music program going for years. Yeah. Uh, the Calgary airport was just looking to, to launch a new live music program. But what we did is we, uh, you know, the challenge that places like that have is they're, they're not music bookers. They don't really understand where can I find talented musicians? Um, yeah. You know, how, do, how does this whole industry work? Um, you know, those sorts of things. So we, we helped them because what we did is we, we've built a platform yeah. that makes it easy for people to essentially become music bookers. So, so for, an, for a venue like an airport, or we also work with the, the downtown business association on Stephen Avenue, yeah. you know, that are not traditional to help them work with local artists in a very efficient uh, way. And, and when you do that, like I say, you get 1,600 live performances at a place like an airport. 1,600 live performances. So that's literally two or three a day. I mean, four, oh, what did you oh, yeah. No, it was at times they had, um, you know, six, seven, eight, nine live performances a day. Yeah. Um, wow. And, it, and so was this is when you come in. Is this when you, when you come in and you arrive to Calgary? You get welcome to Calgary, and there's a stampede show band, almost literally in your doorstep. Yeah, I mean, typically there's solo performers at yeah. the airport, like just from a logistics standpoint, because they have to go yeah. through security and and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. But but you're but you're absolutely right. You know, um, one of the folks from the Calgary airport used to talk about, you know, how how people, you know, when you go on vacation, you often remember the first and the last thing that happened. And yeah. you know, one of the first things that might happen if you're if you're landing in Calgary to go to Banff or or you know come to the Calgary Stampede, sure. uh, and you're greeted with a talented artist playing post security on the WestJet wing, that that really creates a very different feel. Um, you know, it's not. But now- to your point, that's the emotional connection. Right away, you feel good. Or if you had a long flight and you're tired from the German, you know, the, the Frankfurt to Calgary flight, you arrive in, in the mid afternoon and you're tired. Exactly. And you hear this nice jazz piece, or maybe it was something that you, a song from the seventies, whatever it was. Yep. I, that is brilliant. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So it's been, yeah, it's been a fascinating journey working with, with folks like, uh, like airports and, and, uh, and of course, you know, in the middle of COVID that, I mean, the airports have, have been hit very, very hard. Uh, their their right. traffic numbers are, are down to a small fraction of, of what they, they were before so they've had to and just from a safety perspective they've had to shut down the live music performances so we're you know we're sort of trying to figure that out and mm-hmm. and trying to figure out okay when do when do things start going again at what point Derek, are gonna... you're starting to cut off here we're starting to glitch a bit oh are we can you still hear me i can hear you now maybe that so just so you've had to re sort of a little bit of a pivot then because of COVID 19 we have, um, you know, when, when COVID came in, everything started to shut down in, yeah. in the airports, just from a safety perspective. And it really kind of left us figuring out, okay, well, hmm, boy, where do we go now? And we were fortunate because we had a little bit of money from Calgary Arts Development. And we were, we were going to do uh, a festival in the plus 15s and right. um, and that sort of thing. So we were calling it live and unexpected. So, you know, in the spirit of talented performers playing in places like airports where you may not expect them. Well, what if we brought talented performers to other places that you might not expect? Right. Like, 
like downtown office towers, like plus 15s, like maybe a hospital, uh, those sorts of things. And uh, so we were just started, we were iterating on that and working through the red tape. And then, uh, of course, COVID shut all of that down. Right. And so we, we pivoted and we, what we started, initially what we started to do was we started to get performers playing from essentially Clive closed live music clubs. So they could go to Gravity, which was closed to the public, and they could play a set or Cornerstone Music or the Ironwood right. and, uh, and play a set. But then as things got even worse with, uh, with the pandemic, Alberta Health Services suggested that you know, they really would rather that artists were not out of their homes unless they're getting groceries or medicine or something right, like that. Right. So then we pivoted to uh, helping artists perform from essentially the safety of their, their living room. So if you right. go to our, our Facebook feed now, you'll see about 35 performances by talented local artists playing from the safety of their own living room. <laughs> and so you, you, you're the enabled. So through, through the stage hand, you're now enabling that through your app and through the Facebook group to do a live, a Facebook live, I guess there's, that's probably the, essentially yes and we also added some value to that in that we um, my partner who's who's the software developer uh, wrote some integrated tipping software so oh nice uh, samantha smith is playing tonight yeah. and if you go to the event you'll see on that that you can tip the artist nice so well come on what we, i mean the gamers are doing it e-gaming and your, your your software partner probably understands that right they get tipped oh, yeah. all the time the, the guys that yep. play fortnite and Call of Duty, they get tipped and they make, they've been making a lot of money just for kids to watch them. So why not? I think it's great. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, yeah, it's been, uh, you know, in some cases they're, uh, the artists are making a lot of money on, on tips. So it's, uh, sure. uh, you know, in addition, of course, to the honorarium that they're being paid through yeah. Calgary Arts Development. Well, that, you know, coincidentally, Patty Pons was on the podcast. She was a friend of the podcast and a, okay. a we chatted WeChat. We had a WeChat. No, that's a Chinese thing. But literally, we were chatting about, she said, oh, when I, as soon as I tell people I'm from uh, Calgary Arts, they say, oh, I'm not really much of an artist person. And then within five minutes, they're listing off kind of to your point about my daughter's doing this or my son's doing that, all kind of connected to the art community. So uh, yep. we had a great discussion. But so you, you've done work with them. Uh, with How about Tony McGrath over at the Grand? Or have you done some work with him? Or? We haven't haven't done anything with Tony yet. I've certainly seen him on social media and that sort of thing. But uh, no, we've we've been like I say over the last over the last year or so. We I mean we work with a number of venues along Calgary's Music Mile. So yeah, you know folks like Andy uh, Fennell from Gravity Cafe or, or is your name. Um, I didn't even heard. I've never heard of these. The Gravity Cafe because I've I've been out of Calgary for about eighteen years and okay. uh, you know born and raised and went to UFC and article here downtown but i left to go overseas and literally you're naming things i'm like i'm writing this down because i hadn't heard of this and i wanted to but there was a yesterday i had a podcast my guest on the podcast uh we were talking about uh vanessa, so vanessa chislett from her shiso tea but she was talking about 15 years ago there was a tea shop steeps tea shop in in you know mount, mount royal village down there and i'm like i'd never heard of it <laughs> and it's she's, okay it's no longer there but the things we talked about were the community and that emotional content when you came there. I mean, she couldn't use the exact same words you did, but it was similar when 
It's the, you just came and you connected with the people and the tea happened to be there. there. You, right. like you hit on some of those points, but, but you're, you're an engineer. What do you, come on, what do you know about this stuff? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, the honest truth is I am an outsider to yeah. this business, yeah. which is, which is something that I wrestle with on a daily basis, but I am working with artists. I mean, Dan Duguay has been helping me with the, uh, uh, with the, the, online performance uh, series we call it clean hands clear heads open hearts and um, uh, so dan has been helping me with that and yeah. dan also provides a a connection into the broader oh, arts no, community I, yeah so he's, he's been I, doing I, it for 30 years what are, i'm an accountant what do i know about podcasts uh, what <laughs> do i know about, i should have stayed in my lane if i stayed in my lane but look, look if you stayed in your lane right in 2015, what would you, you know, oil prices were down. I know I was living in, uh, in, in the Middle East. Oil prices tanked yep. in 2015. You made a pivot, and there's a natural extension. I, when you mentioned New York, is, Gilliard, is it Gilliards or one of those big performing arts? Juilliard is the big school there. Yeah, yep. they control. I mean, they just basically dancers' lives are dependent. I, I don't know. I'm not a, you know, I can imagine if you don't get through, what do you do? I, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, there's lots of different lots of different places. Uh, I know some, some folks that have graduated from Juilliard. Uh, my daughter was actually at NYU, but yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, there's, um, I mean, no matter how you slice it, making a living as an artist is, is tough to do. And it sure. doesn't matter if you live in New York city, because in New York city, yeah, there's more opportunity, but there's also significantly more competition. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's, uh, it's a real challenge. And, uh, and like I say that, you know, the opportunity to help artists find a place adding value to a business like an airport. Um, like it really has, it, 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 it starts to open up new opportunities. Exactly. New... I mean, you, you talked about the, the, the plus 15s, right? It's, it's the mainstay. And the two things that came from that, the airport, you go back to the, remember the old, if you're from Calgary, you'll know those, they used to have the cows. They were everywhere. So you, yep. The cows were painted. They were in the plus 15s. And I, I think I asked Patty, where are those cows now? I think they're in the museum. Or I, I don't know. Maybe you know better. You know, that was that. Those are those. There was just this unusual. You mentioned the words, uh, you know, performing unusual places. That's exactly. Or live and unexpected, right? Where, yep. where were those cows? You put, a, you put a busker on there or someone. Like, it's, it's brilliant. And in winter, yep. you're tough. Because Calgary, you need that plus 15 because everybody's indoors. Wow. Yep. Yeah. And I think yep. there's no Absolutely. limits. There's no limits. You think of, you, you grew up, you grew up going to, uh, I mean, if I, I grew up going to hockey arenas and, you know, gr when we lived in the Middle East, driving my daughters to gymnastics and what do you do for 15 minutes or for the hour or two that you're sitting there? Imagine if there's a guy playing or, you know, at those, those events, just at the entrance to the hockey or the soccer or the baseball, yep. you know, I mean, yeah, there's, yep. I think it's limitless. No, it's yeah. Uh, and, and, but the challenge has always been that's that's always been kind of a fragmented and somewhat proprietary yeah. community. Yeah. You know, you kind of need to be part of that community to know how it works and and know the musicians or where to find the musicians and that sort of thing. And that's that really it, it, there's been so much change, particularly in the live music business over the last you know, 20, 30 years. And uh, it's become more and more difficult for those folks to, to make a living. And, uh, and yeah, so if we can start to open up new yeah. opportunities, new earning opportunities sure. for those folks, then, uh, then that's pretty exciting. Well, you know, I've listened to, so one of the things I did when I was overseas was listen to Gary Vaynerchuk. And I don't know if, if you haven't heard of Gary Vaynerchuk, 
you know, what he, yeah, oh, you have, I know. Okay. Yeah. So yep. you probably heard that he puts on, he gets artists, he has artists on his podcast, he has artists on his show and they ask about content. And he says, just put out 50, 50 songs you've written, all of them, because they, they'll ask, oh, should I put out these? Should I hold my favorite? He says, put them all out and let the market decide what works. And one thing that really resonated to, to what you're doing is that the podcast they listened to and they're talking about real estate. And he had someone on, a business person, goes, you know, I, I, we met about a year ago and you had this 5,000 square foot warehouse that's just not used. You're not using it. And he said, what, what I think you could do just is, is you, you, you put a stage, whatever you make it, it wouldn't some kind of a stage on that, in that place. And you invite all the local artists come on Thursday nights or Friday nights or Sunday morning, whatever it is. And you just keep inviting on social media and you post it and you just let them play for free. Right. You, you repurpose right. part of your place because your business was nothing to do with, with artists. And I just like that art, that, that resonated. And I think I heard that a year ago and I, I, I don't know how many people I've told that to, but I think that works in so many places in Calgary. One of, one of the folks that I've gotten to know over the last few years is uh, Bob Sharche and Bob is uh, uh, one of the founders of Calgary's Music Mile, and Bob would love that idea because he's had a similar idea where, particularly, you look at downtown Calgary, and yeah. I mean, what's the vacancy rate? I mean, even high. before the pandemic, yeah. the yeah. vacancy rate was super high. And, uh, you know, is there a way to repurpose some of that space to provide venues? Uh, you know, is there a way to to provide some sort of an integration between you know, an artist, a local artist, yeah. uh, provide a studio, whatever it might be. Yeah. And, 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 uh, you know, in, in some of that vacant space, it's not, e it's not easy. See, people are going to talk about zoning laws or they're going to talk about the safety and the regulations, but you know what, if you have a will and if, if, is it Bob Sharche? Is that the Sharche? Sure, yeah. You know, I mean, that kind of, you just make it happen. It might take six months. It might take a year, but if you started in the backyard, of, of the of the different artists right and then you go well you know we need a venue and then you go to the community association and then the community association says you, you've outgrown it let's go to whatever you know i i, I just think there's there's no limits you know uh, you, you're absolutely right but it, you, but you're also right it does take some iteration it does require some figuring out and we were discovering that with our live and unexpected um you know yeah it's not as it's not as easy as just going and setting up an amp and a sign in a plus 15 <laughs> there's there's property managers and there's security and yeah. there's insurance yeah. and there's all of that stuff that uh, uh you know permits that that need to be uh taken care of and unfortunately oftentimes it ends up meaning that you end up paying all of those folks you know the insurance company and so on and That's so forth ridiculous. you end up paying them way more than you can end up paying your artist. So you create an um, online. So what you, so let's take social media. Now, all of that yep. content, you've just created a ton of content. If you're doing live shows, the tip yep. involved, right? You, yep. And you do it. And again, you can figure that enabler for social media, but you take a video of it. This is what, what I heard a few months ago, <laughs> a month ago during before COVID-19, it was maybe two months ago. And it was, people were filming whatever they were doing. And then they took that film and uploaded that to TikTok. So it was a, it was like two, three stages you're showing it on Facebook, you've got it on Instagram, or you got it on uh, TikTok, and just showing the three phones. So your wife is recording it, or your daughter is, and then you, and you know, it's just, it's silly, but it creates attention. But the content you've got, in my view, is you've got unlimited content that you can put oh. and use that to promote, get the, get the regulatory hurdles, go after, you know what I mean? Like you promote it like crazy, wherever you can. 
hundred percent. We, I mean, if you go to facebook.com slash stagehand live, you'll find about 35 uh, live performances yeah. wow. with, uh, you know, 40 and, and, and some incredibly talented. Yesterday we had a, uh, a fellow by the name of Benjamin Longman and I hadn't heard Benjamin play before. And, Oh, he was, he was incredibly yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was fascinating also to watch because he's originally from the UK, I believe. And uh, you could see through the comments that there was people watching him from the UK and really sort of enjoying the opportunity to connect. Um, but, but yeah, there's some phenomenal content that, that comes out of that. And, and uh, we haven't done a, a good enough job yet of, of, you know, repurposing that content for the, for the purpose. Of, or just post it, cross post it on Twitter and, and find the, the hashtag there, find the hashtag on Instagram, uh, you know, and get onto the Calgary arts development, you know, and that, that cross post. So the live yep. book, the live book, uh, like I, I, this is how I would do it. I would take a snap a screenshot of your Facebook feed and then, and then tag anybody you can on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, you know, and, and, and have that cross post and just create that, okay. create the awareness. That's just, that's just something I learned from, from Gary Vaynerchuk, the cross post, but it creates the awareness because the Twitter user is different than the Instagram user who's different than the LinkedIn. I found you on LinkedIn. I can't find, I, I'm hoping you're on Instagram. If you're not, we're going to get you on Instagram because I, yep, we're, we are because Instagram. So someone, I was listening to Gary Vaynerchuk podcast and he said that, so the, somebody who made a major, it was a lipstick brand or a cosmetics brand. It was a couple of years ago. He said, they had me in their offices. We can't sell anything on Instagram. And he says, are you kidding? You know, there's some of the major brands are selling, doing billions. This was a couple of years ago. He said, well, they were doing billions already on Instagram. And so, it, you know, they make the conclusions about what they think it would be for them as opposed to just doing it and let the market decide. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I, this is fascinating. I, get, I, want to go, I do want to go back because you, you worked for Big Blue. And if I say that, you understand what I mean. Yes. How many, <laughs> I was, how did you leave? How could you leave that iconic brand IBM? <laughs> well, it was, I mean, you're right. It was a very different company yeah. way back then. And I'm dating myself, yeah. but uh, you know, I had the classic experience of, you know, you get out of university, uh, you've got one suit, you know, it's your interview <laughs> suit that you bought for for interviews yeah. and, oh, and you, you've got, you've got no money yeah. uh, yet at IBM, you're expected to wear, a business suit yeah. every single day. Sure. And uh, I remember one time I figured, okay, well, I'm going to wear up, I'm going to wear a sport coat and, uh, and tie. And I literally got talked to by my manager to say, no, you shouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> That's incredible. So yeah, it's a very, it was a very different uh, company back then. And I mean, a great company. And, and uh, uh, I mean, I was there when they went through their really challenging time because they, they had that period of time where they sort of missed the, uh, the PC. Yeah revolution right. and windows you know microsoft kind of took it to them and uh you know they they kind of had to reinvent themselves as much more of a services company lou gerstner was the ceo so i was oh, i was yeah, there during geez. all of that time it was a fascinating time yeah. and you know lots of change and lots of you know there was we went through layoffs and that sort of thing something that i think ibm never thought they'd have to do but uh yeah it was just you know at, at a certain time it comes time to to move on and try something new. And, uh, uh, you know, I've spent most of my time with much smaller companies ever since then. And I think of Watson, the only thing I can think of IBM, I'm just back in my head as you're speaking, you know, Watson's the only kind of thing that stands out today, but I, I, right. I you know, and I think of 
Watson's right up there with Alexa and Siri and the Google. I, I don't know. I don't hear much, but I, I guess they're still there, right? They're still the forefront of tech uh, after many years. They are. Yep, they are. And they've got, you know, all kinds of statistics about the amount of research that they do and, and uh, development and that sort of thing. But yeah, they did, they did really kind of pivot more, much more towards a, a services-led business yeah, model. Yeah, cloud and things like that. I think IBM, they went to the cloud. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you probably saw recently, and this is because we're on the artist theme, where you're an artist, you know, this, there's that Vancouver artist. I saw it on, I think it was on CBC the other day, and they said, so the, all the board up, you know, in, in downtown Vancouver, all the retail shops were boarding up. And then within days or weeks, over the last few weeks, they painted the murals that artists came out in. And it's fantastic. I don't know if you saw that. Hmm. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, so they were just, That's cool. So, so you know the door, like literally just, they just created murals right on that wood and for this, the community. And there was a girl in Edmonton, or they were showing similarly how they did the, the Monopoly. Each square of the sidewalk was a Monopoly board, like one of the state places on the board. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know if the rains, I don't know what happened to them because they, they had to finish it and they wanted to play the game. But there were some, like some <laughs> students, grade eight, seven, eight, you know, students that were doing that. It was brilliant. Yeah. Just brilliant. Yeah. No, and all, and all of that is, you know, it just adds to the, the ambience, you know, in the same way that live music adds to the ambience at an airport. Um, that sort of visual art in, you know, whether it's in boarded up uh, yeah. uh, retail or, or, sure. or wherever it might be. I think there's just so many more opportunities to bring local artists uh, into that space. And, and, uh, and again, I, you know, the, the way to do that is through customer experience. How do you improve your customer's experience by creating those emotional connections by you know, and, 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 and if you can do that and that allows you to create brand loyalty, yeah. then that becomes the business value that artists can uh, uh, use to, you know, as a new way to start to monetize their craft. You know, I was walking when I was on my way to Paddy Ponds. Uh, so I crossed, I parked on 10th Ave and then came underneath the overpass, the underpass, the overpass, the underpass. And, and yeah. you probably know this because you see they painted murals on that whatever the brick wall there and it's like i took a photo i said patty what is it? she said oh that's just a, something's happened over the years where the artists are allowed to express and and paint because it improves yeah. it. you don't have this ugly you know they're like underneath they're metal or they're concrete you have that yeah. your 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 mood my mood changed as i approached cedar calgary and come around that you know that the commons i'm like i'm really impressed and again that's just me it was a simple thing and 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 I agree with you. And, and the challenge is always in providing a little bit of curation for that. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're, you never want to stifle the artist's creativity, um, you know, but at the same time, there often needs to be rules about sure. yeah, um, you gotta, what, yeah. what's acceptable, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and, and that's, that's the magic of, um, you know, whether you're working on Stephen Avenue or, or an airport or, or, uh, or wherever it might be, that, that really is the value that we provide is that link between the business and the artist in a very, um, you know, and, and we've done that by creating this platform that essentially yeah. makes it into a process um, because it, 
you know, it, it, uh, the arts community can be sort of fragmented and, and, and proprietary. The business community, on the other hand, can be highly intimidating. Well, it can also be very intimidating from an artist perspective. You know, you think about playing at an airport. Well, there's some very strict rules sure. that need to be followed sure. about security and, and uh, when you can play and volume and where you can play and what you can, you know, even you know, can you hand something to a passenger and, and those sorts of things. There's some very strict sure. rules that, uh, that need to be followed. And, and that's what, what we've done with our platform is, is really try to provide that bridge between this sort of um, creative, but somewhat perhaps fra uh, fragmented and, and disorganized world of, of the arts and this highly structured and perhaps somewhat intimidating world of, of business. Yeah. I like that. I mean, this is, I'm going to put those words down. But I, I, one thing I got from a lot, and it's consistent with what I've seen is the COVID-19, is the creativity, innovation. You, you've used the word pivot. You've used all those. Literally, it's the, the, the what you didn't expect, you're, to your point of live and unexpected. It's this is it. <laughs> it's, this is where, this yeah. came out of your Facebook Live yeah. with 35 artists, the tipping. That's come out of the unexpected COVID nineteen, and you've done and, and and come up from what I can see is just brilliant. This is just brilliant. I don't think you're doing enough. I really don't think you're doing enough because there's there seems to be much more you can do even in COVID. Because I was thinking hospital, yeah. but not not at the but I've seen that where people are waving and they're kind of showing bands playing on the highway, you know, across yeah. Alberta. You know, get the artists in, improving the mood because you've seen the mood of some of the hospital when they come out. You know, you just see some of those photos when the emotions, they're really, really, because they're going through a tough, like a lot of the healthcare workers. I don't know how you can oh, do yeah. that, but it's on the street, on the road, the weather probably doesn't help, but it may be New York. Maybe they're doing that kind of stuff where they're just a live band is sitting outside the hospital playing. I think they are, but, I, you know. Yeah, no, we've, yeah, we've been, we've been thinking about that because, yeah, there are a lot of restrictions sure. just with respect to the ability to gather. And, and, you know, I guess the, the challenge is you, you really can't gather a crowd. <laughs> you know, that's, sort of, that's exactly what they don't yeah. want you to do. Right? Yeah, I know. But I'm just thinking, just think, wow, the, the power of that. You, you've said it so many times, the emotion, the emotional connection, or maybe you didn't say it so many times, but that emotional connection that people get with yep. music or a comedian live at the Apollo, you back to your UK guy. You know, you yep. and that that, you know, BBC Radio or CBC, you know, the things on when people are funny and that humor and the art, the creativity with it, it changes the mood. It really does. Oh, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Well, Derek, I, look, this is this has been fantastic. Thank you for you know coming on. So how could people find out? So you've said a couple of them. Maybe you could, you know, your website, the Facebook, sure. the Instagram, wherever. Yeah, we're um, so we're we're stagehand.app.app yeah. uh, app is our is our website, and that's where you can find the app. Uh, we're also on Facebook, uh, uh, Stagehand Live, um, right. Instagram, also Stagehand Live, uh, and Twitter. So yeah, our handle is uh, is uh, Stagehand Live. Also on Twitter. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. We don't, to be honest, we don't do as much on Twitter. It just seems like Instagram and Facebook have been the the two main platforms. Uh, sure. that, uh, that seem to resonate here locally. It seems like in the U.S., Twitter is much bigger than than perhaps it is here. To be, you know, I, I, Twitter is a hard. It's a hard. It's hard no matter what. I think it's, I've been on Twitter since oh gosh for a long time. But literally, I don't get Twitter. Um, I but I do. Yesterday, I, I sent a. I, I saw a tweet. So I sent a tweet to a venture capital guy in in uh, Facebook or sorry in uh, Silicon Valley because we had on the podcast. We talked to post podcast. 
and I, and we were talking about the duplicate, you know, that when you need an email and someone says they, they seek approval first and he had written an article on that cause he's a venture cat. He said, so he wrote an article on the duplicity of it all. Like, why do I, why would I send an email to send an, you know, to copy people in the world if I can just tweet, tweet them all and get them on one tweet or something like that. So, right. so anyway, I tweeted him. I said, you remember that Dustin or Adam Draper? Do you remember that? And he goes right away, like within minutes, he copied us. Yeah. So, you know, it depends. I guess it just depends. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Derek, really, really thank you for the, I, I, this is such a, for me, it's a, the, the, I have three daughters, they all draw and they're a bit different. They put their music, they play music. And this is just, a, it opened my eyes to something I think is, is really, really needed. So thank you for, yeah. thank you for bringing no, this. I appreciate it. Stagehand. I appreciate you giving us the uh, the platform and the opportunity to chat. It's been it's been fun. Derek, play, stay safe out there, and all your artists, the thirty five or or plus. I don't know how many. <laughs> I guess they are staying home. So, but really, stay safe and, and have a great day. I will do. Thanks You're again. Welcome. Bye bye. Take care.